Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Parallel Fiction. I'm Jeff. And I'm Heather. And this is episode four. Woohoo! That's my lucky number. Is it really? Yeah. I feel like my lucky number is seven. That's pretty. That's everybody's lucky number. I was though. just going to say, that seems about right. Like, it's average. The seven's like follow me, though, for some reason. Like, Does it? Yeah. Huh. I don't know why. Like every, anytime I had like a retail job or anything like that, my like register number was seven or some, you know, seven one seven or. I'm into it. Yes. Uh, well, you know. How was your week? Um, didn't do much. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We just launched. This is our first post-launch day episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get trying. what you're saying. I should have wrote out how to say that. I'm like too many words. Like lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Is they it, get it. Is it launch or is it land now? Uh, uh, I think it's land, but we've been using both. Whatever. But like, I don't want to sound like 900 years old. I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> At least we know what a podcast is. That's true. And hopefully a lot of our relatives do, too, because they've been asking us what it is and how to find it. We're here to teach all the people. Yes. So. If you're joining us today, thank you very much. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, and our website is at simplecast.com. Um, thank you for finding us, by the way. We've been watching the downloads come in, and uh, it's truly humbling. We cannot thank you enough. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. It's really awesome. I didn't think we had uh, anything important to say, but I'm thinking, uh, I guess we do. Yeah, so hopefully uh, you guys enjoy today. we got a really good episode. Yeah, we're going to do some monsters today. Yeah, sort of. Very different monsters. Yeah. So, I mean, we still wanted to, since this is still coming out before Halloween, we wanted to still keep um, some sort of Halloween theme going. And so we were like, okay, well, what about monsters? And uh, there's definitely, I mean, it's a very broad theme. Yeah. Like, what is a monster? How is a monster? How does a monster do what? Exactly. (laughs) What makes a monster? That is going to be the big question of today, I feel like. Exactly. So if you're new uh, to Parallel Fiction, or maybe you're starting past our landing date, (laughs) Uh, Parallel Fiction is where we take two pieces of work that share common parts and then disassemble them within a theme. And today's theme, like Heather said, is monsters. So I will be covering a Hulu movie short film in a series. It was confusing, but it's good. It's called uh, Good Boy and. And I am covering the famous work Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. I'm excited. I have the book, but I never read it. It it just sat on the shelf. Wait, you actually have it? I think it's somewhere at my folks house or is my brother's book or something like that. But, you know, when you have too many books and you're like, I'll get to it. And then I just never got to it. I don't know that problem. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have enough books. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like. Well, we'll definitely make you read on the show. So. Oh, absolutely. That's what I've loved so far is like I already feel like I'm reading more than I used to. Yeah, that's a good part, too. Like, especially with movies. And uh, other stuff that I've been taking care of, like I've been more analytical with watching them. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes you put on a movie and then you're on your phone and like you miss some stuff and you're like, well, you know, whatever. It like so I always enjoyed English class when I was younger. Yeah. And I think I like miss that part of school. It's like I miss diving into like analyzing works of literature and whatnot. And I think this has been really awesome to kind of go back to that. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't I didn't realize how much I missed it. Yeah, same here. So 
Um, like I said, today I picked something that I, um, it was a lot different than what I thought it would be, but it was still pretty good. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I, I haven't seen this one, so maybe I can guess the ending. Maybe. Yes. Yeah, so and you I'll haven't be- seen my, or watched red red mine so. no yeah i just know like frankenstein for movies and from what you told me it's a lot different it's not what you're thinking i feel like okay cool so do you want what do you want a rocks paper scissors for it yeah so wait okay, so the rock paper scissors shoot, shoot. yeah <laughs> so, we're gonna do i'm gonna do it today i know we pissed off a lot of people <laughs> the last episode it with rocks, one paper, scissors. person it was a lot <laughs> no one oh yikes yeah. <laughs> listen people I'm sure there's also people on my side. Um, okay, so we'll do it my way just this one time because you got away with it last time. Fine. Whoever wins picks. Sure. Is that what you want to do? Okay, so. Whoever, rock- wait. Yeah, okay, whoever wins picks. Yeah, so it's rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Okay. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. Ah, I win. Ah, oh, okay, so who's going <laughs> You're first? You're up first. Ah! <laughs> yeah, because well, I want to know. Okay. <laughs> Let's get into it. A lot of banging going around over there. Sorry, I'm reorganizing. (laughs) All right, so we'll take a quick break and come right back with your novel review of Frankenstein. Are we doing any cool music during this part? And we're back. Let's talk about Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus is the like little subtitle. Oh, really? Yeah, I did never realize that. I never realized that either. So I read the 1818 (laughs) version of this. And you know what I think is very interesting is like it's been 200 years and this book still felt so relevant. Yeah. Was it in like old English? Um, kind of like some of the language is definitely like outdated i would say there was actually some words that i was just like what what is that and i had to google what the word was because i i had never heard the word before and it was just basically a word that's never been it's i figured out the meaning but it's just not in use anymore it was it's crazy it was like bombastic or something no i mean i know what that means that's true so mary shelley's like super interesting herself i mean First of all, she like didn't write under a pen name or anything. She's just like, I'm yeah. a woman. I'm writing this. Nice. Okay. And was this 1812 or? Like 1817, 1818 is oh. when she like did this. Oh, wow. So her story, the idea for Frankenstein actually came from a summer of being with friends, like hanging with friends and stuff. Yeah. And they were telling ghost stories. And I guess one of the ghost stories must have been similar to Frankenstein and or something. And this is what sparked her inspiration for the story. Huh. Yeah, really cool. And it just made me think of like even this podcast, like how important stories are. Yeah. And how talking about stories with people is like so, can be so inspirational. So yeah, I thought exactly. that was really cool. Um, starts off with a little preface. 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 (laughs) Starts off with a little preface. Is that one of the words you had to look up? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm not. Ooh, yikes. (laughs) So she prefaces the novel um, by saying how doctors say that this was not an impossible occurrence, like talking about Frankenstein. Um, But it is still a work of fiction and it's supernatural. So even doctors were like, oh, this could happen in 1812. Yeah, 1818. <laughs> oh, whatever. They're like, it's not like impossible. Like it's <laughs> yeah. like it's most likely not going to happen. But they were like, yeah, it it, it could happen. <laughs> Which the- like I feel like yeah. science kind of has created life at some. Right. Yeah, I mean, some people who like get like cadaver ligaments. Yeah. And stuff, 
I'm getting ahead of it. Sorry. Well, I mean, even <laughs> if you think about like um uh shocky things. The uh defibrillator? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like that back then, that technology didn't exist. So in their mind, that could technically be legit. Like if you told somebody from 1818, like, hey, somebody's heart stops beating and you can use electricity to bring it back to life. They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Back to Frankenstein. Um, The quote from the preface that stuck with me is Shelley says that I have thus endeavored to preserve the truth of the elementary principle of human nature. While I have not scrupled. To innovate upon their combinations. Scrupled. Scrupled. <laughs> that was one of the words I looked up. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like flustered or something. Um, I like hesitated. Gotcha. She did not hesitate to innovate upon their combinations. There you go. Yeah. So she's a great storyteller. And nice. this was a great read. I was. Let's get into it. Nice, so I want to yeah. tell you a little bit about the plot. Yeah. So it starts off with. Um, the narrator Robert Walton is writing letters to his sister back, back in England. He's currently in Russia and he's working on following his like lifelong dream of going to the North Pole. I'm not really sure what it is, but he's just all about the North Pole and he's like <laughs> comparing it to heaven and stuff. He's just really yeah. jazzed about going looking there. for Santa Claus? I guess. I mean, that makes the most sense, really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else he expected to find there. I guess some yeah. snow. He says something about Mr. it being Narwhal. like white and beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, his lifelong journey is to go to the North Pole. So he, he's got his ship, he's got his crew, and they embark on their journey. And as they're going more northward, his ship gets surrounded by ice and it becomes impassable. Uh, you hate to see it. I hate to see it. So they're like, well, we got to just like chill like while this ice is uh, around us. So they're yeah. chilling. And this is where they meet Victor Frankenstein. Hmm. Victor is weak from the cold and he was like chasing some chasing something. Like he, he was, was in his own boat. He was actually on a dog sled. Oh, okay. he's like, but there was only one dog left, which is like really <laughs> upsetting. And yeah. I like literally was very concerned about what happened to the dog. And they never said to like the Aww. one dog that was living. I was like, but what, what, what about the one dog? Is <laughs> what, he OK? What happened to the Where one is dog? he? <laughs> so anyway, they find him on a dog sled and yeah. Previously, before that, they had seen this other guy in the distance, like on a dog sled. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, that's weird. Like, what's this guy doing out in the middle of nowhere in the, on the sea on ice? Yeah. So as Victor, they bring Victor on board and they nurse him back to health. And soon, you know, when he starts to kind of regra- regain his strength, Victor tells the story of like his misfortunes and the monster he created. Yeah. Oh, so it's like a, like the monster already existed at this point when they yes. find Oh. So then the story goes from this format of um, Robert Walton writing letters to his sister. All of a sudden it changes into um, from Victor's point of view. It's like telling his story. Uh, So it's like flashbacks. um, No, it's really I mean, it's more of just like the novel at this point. And it's like written written from. Oh, gotcha. Like, it's not in a letter format anymore. Like, Robert Walton just, like, goes away. (laughs) (laughs) So Victor's like, I'm going to tell my story. Yeah. And here we go. All about how I saw some guy. (laughs) How I created a monster upside down. I don't know. So Victor had a great childhood in Geneva. His family was wonderful. He had a mom and a dad, brothers. And they adopted uh, a cousin. Her name's Elizabeth. um, Who, like... The mom, like, wants, uh, wants Victor to, like, eventually marry. The adopted cousin? The adopted cousin, yeah. So it's Victor's adopted cousin, Elizabeth. Gotcha. 
Yeah. It's like the mother's like dying wish for them to get married. But, you know, what else? 1818. Cousins are free game in 1818, I guess. Gross. So he also has a really close friend. His name's Henry uh, Cravel, who he considers like a brother. Um, Victor grows up very naturally curious. He learns all about these great philosophers from back in the day. So eventually he goes off to study um, at the University of Ingolstadt. Oh, got it. Here we go. I always pick the word. The, yeah. You get, how does this happen? Like weird name. And I thought I was going to do so good with Frankenstein. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and then he goes to this university in Germany with the most German university <laughs> name. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, OK, here we go. Ingolstadt. It's the one time I have to say it. And I think I did it good. OK. okay. So he goes to study natural philosophy and chemistry, and there he becomes consumed by the desire to discover the secret of life. And after several years of research, he does it. He nice. finds it. <laughs> what was the secret? They don't really say. Uh. But from that, he creates a creature out of old body parts and brings it to life. Cue Evanescence. The monster. <laughs> Wake yeah. me up and suck. <laughs> So, of course, he's, like, immediately horrified by his yeah. creation, and he literally, like, dips out. Like, he takes yeah. one look at the monster, and he when the monster wakes up, and the, it's, like, huge. It's, like, eight feet tall, and it's just, like, all patchwork body parts. <laughs> Why like, did he make it eight feet tall? I don't know. I'm not really sure what he was thinking. He's like, like this is going to be dope. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I want to make myself a buddy. And he's yeah. like, we're going to have a closer relationship than a father and son. And immediately it was like... <laughs> I created a monster. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you got to pick the body parts, dude. Like, why <laughs> so did you if, pick these? What did Frankenstein just like go out to get a pack of smokes and not come back after that? Or kind of, he was like, Oh, okay. Um, peace. So yeah. he's just kind of like runs off and he's wandering. And so then he goes, you know, he doesn't go back to his apartment and then he goes on to study at the university. And that's when he runs into his old pal, Henry, huh. who was looking for him. And he also came to study at the university. Yeah. So he's so overwhelmed. Uh, Victor Frankenstein yes. gets so overwhelmed by like the creation of the monster and then his friend showing up and then he ends up like falling ill, which like yeah. I took it. They don't specifically say in the book, but I think he kind of just like drove himself crazy. Yeah. And like made him like physically ill. Like with the worry. Yeah, I think worry and like just regret and remorse. Yeah. So he eventually does like start to regain his health. And, you know, as he's getting better, he unfortunately gets a letter from his father that his younger brother, William's been murdered. What? Yeah, it's not good stuff. So Victor hurries home to Geneva and he's like very upset about his brother. When he's passing through the woods where he knows his brother was strangled, he actually catches sight of his monster. And immediately (laughs) upon seeing the monster, he knows that that's who killed his brother. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, how did the monster just like get there? I guess the the mon. This is like months and months later, oh, like year, like years later. Oh wow! So he just left the monster out in the wilderness for like. Like the monster left. Like by the time he went back to his apartment next, the monster was no longer there. So like Henry doesn't even know the monster exists. Huh. His buddy Henry, like, because he goes back to his apartment with Henry and he's like freaked yeah. out that the monster's gonna be there and, and he's not. Yeah, yeah. And then he's just still like so overwhelmed, he falls ill and he's like literally ill for like months like i think it's almost close to a year so this yeah. is like now a year later the monster's been created and go- like gone for a year yeah and so he sees the monster and he's like oh shit this guy's like still around <laughs> like he didn't just disappear yeah yeah i thought he was locked up <laughs> <laughs> so once he gets to geneva he finds out that uh justine Mertiz 
is this um is like kind of the family servant and she's just this like kind and innocent soul um and she kind of got adopted into the frankenstein household yeah and but she's not the cousin though right no this is a separate one okay um but she's been accused of william's murder the brother's murder oh so she is unfortunately tried condemned and executed mary shelley couldn't have like Helped out women, even in her own book. Right? <laughs> it's like, that was a little disappointing. Yeah, that's okay. Um, so, and she, like, though. I think it kind of probably was a little bit of a statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, Justine was like, I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Mm. And the judge didn't care. Oh, the judge sucks. and jury didn't care. This is Europe. So, also not America's court system. But yeah. <laughs> um, so, Victor grows despondent and he's guilty with the knowledge that the monster that he created basically just destroyed two innocent loved ones because yeah. it's like they're like adopted family servant and the brother are both like killed because of this monster so he's like i'm gonna go take a vacation i gotta like <laughs> <laughs> gotta go ease my grief so he runs so he kind of goes off into the mountains tries to take a little vacation he's in the alps you know living yeah. his best life he's in a cabin next to the monster <laughs> yep the monster shows up <laughs> just vacation and next to him too like damn it I can't get You're- away from this asshole <laughs> did you follow me here yeah. <laughs> um so basically the monster admits that he murdered william oh it could talk yeah it okay. like educated so itself. that's like different than like Green Frankenstein. Yes. Okay. So it like actually becomes knowledgeable. He was like huh. living in like, I think that you find out he like lives like in this shack. Yeah. That's like next to this family. And he like huh. learns from the family by like listening in like a crack. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. He's like, edu- he's not, not, not educated, but he's, he, he can sense. talk yeah. and he like understands things and comprehends. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he. The monster's been very like lonely and he's been shunned. Aww. Like people are like scared of him, obviously, because he's yeah. Um, he looks like a monster. Yeah, yeah. So he people like don't want to be near him. They think he's scary. They don't go by him, and he gets very lonely. He's just yeah. wants companionship. I mean, that, that's all any of us want. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you know, who wants to live a, like a In life seclusion. by yourself? Yeah. 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 So he begs Victor to create a second monster to be his partner and. Victor reluctantly agrees. He's like, yeah. you know, right. he basically gets talked into doing it. Yeah. So Victor returns from his vacation back to home and Henry's like, oh, I want to go do some more studying and like wants to go to Scotland. So the two of them take off and go to England slash Scotland. Victor goes on a deserted. So while Henry goes off to Scotland, Victor goes to this deserted island to kind of attempt to create his second monster. Yeah. And then one night when he's like struck by doubts and about like the morality of all this. Yeah. He glances out the window and he sees the monster glaring at him <laughs> with like a frightening grin. That's creepy. Yeah. Anybody looking in your windows is like, yeah, it's like, even if it's not a monster, you're like, yeah, Ooh, you know, you get that jump. It's like, how's my friend coming? Ooh. <laughs> uh, good. Ooh, good. I guess. <laughs> yeah. So he's like horrified by this yeah. and he's like, I- I'm not doing this and destroys all, all the work he did, his new creation. Yeah. So the monster is like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, but- he's like, I almost had a companion and you just yeah, like, the monster's just out in the woods. Let's like hanging out. He's like, not, like, he's it's- not hurting anybody at this point, yeah. you know? 
So the monster vows revenge at this point because he's just kind of stuck with this like life of loneliness. And he's he just like, got douched over for like the yeah, second he's time. Like, you created me and you left me in this life of loneliness yeah. and you're not even going to help me out here, dude. Yeah, with it. So he swears to Victor that he will be with Victor on Victor's wedding night. <laughs> Gross. I don't know what. So Victor wasn't like entirely sure what that meant. Yeah. Was he like the fluffer there? Or <laughs> <laughs> like prima nocta type stuff. <laughs> so he's like, I'm going to be there, dude. <laughs> like, just, I'm going to get my revenge on yeah. your wedding night <laughs> with you. <laughs> you will not like it. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Bad chills. So Victor takes out his boat to this lake and he to go dump the second monster's body. Yeah. And then the next day he's actually accused of murder <laughs> because they find his fr- best friend's Henry body. Henry's uh, body. Yeah. And unfortunately there is um handprints around the neck and it's like uh, the monster's fingers. But you know them to death. Yeah. yeah. Nobody like knows about the monster and Yeah, that's right. Basically, the monster kind of frames uh, Victor yeah. for it, like because the monster used uh, Henry's boat to huh. to go kill. Or I'm not sorry. The monster uses Frankenstein's boat to go kill Henry. So the people see like a figure in the boat and assume uh, that it's yeah, Victor. Yeah. So but eventually Victor is luckily acquitted and yeah. he you know, goes on to continue living his life. But of course, at this point, like he's now lost three close people because of this monster. Yeah, should have just made the second one. Should have just did it. Should have done it. So, you know, at this point, he returns home and he marries his cousin, Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently in the um, there's another version of the novel written by Mary Shelley and it's 18, I think 1831. So like, yeah. 13 years later, she writes this other one and it's just an adopted sister. So it's not actually blood related in the second version. Yeah. But, you know. Had to clear that up. In 1818, (laughs) it's his cousin. (laughs) Well. (laughs) But, you know, true to his promise, the monster shows up and because it wasn't really clear on what the monster's intentions were. Victor. Um, like tries to separate from Elizabeth on the wedding night because he thinks the monster is going to come for him and kill yeah. him. But it turns out he's uh, going to go kill Elizabeth. Uh, and that's what happens. So not good. <laughs> Elizabeth now is dead. Dead. And his father, his like basically last living loved one, yeah. dies of grief soon after because at this point, like all of his kids yeah. are dead. Oh, yeah. The mother dies early on in the, the story, by the way. Forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at this point, Victor's like, all my like close friends and family are dead. So he vows to devote the rest of his life to finding the monster and exacting his revenge. And then he departs on this quest yeah. to go after the monster. And he's tracking the monster northward into the ice. And then he <laughs> there's dog sleds involved, <laughs> and they're in this dog sled chase, and he almost catches the monster. But then the sea breaks, like the ice breaks, yeah, and he yeah. like, um, and it leaves like a gap between them, kind of like, uh, <laughs> oh, what's that scene I'm thinking of? Like Star Wars, or, uh, kind of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, what is it? The Force Awakens, where they're like earthquake. And like, yes, <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. Or Game of Thrones, maybe. 
I don't know. I guess that that scene happens yeah. in a lot of movies where <laughs> like two people are fighting and then all of a sudden like the a ground like breaks comes, in between yeah. them at a crater and they're like staring at each like, other huh, on the other side. And this like, happens more often than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely thinking of the Force Awakens yeah, one, yeah. but now I'm thinking of the Game of Thrones one too. And I, yeah. you know, there's probably another one. Let us know if you could think I'm of sure another <laughs> crater seat separating yeah. scene. <laughs> crater pause. Crater pause. TM. 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 What's that? Like trademark. Oh. We're trademarking crater pause. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? Crater pause? Yep. Crater pause. Crater pause. For life. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so they get crater pause trademark. <laughs> So at this point, this is when the narrator from the beginning, Robert Walton, the letter guy, yeah. the captain on the way to the North Pole, yeah. encounters Victor. So this is where they meet up. Yeah. And then at this point, uh, Walton kind of takes over the remainder of the story and okay. it goes back to like the letter, like the letter format. Yes. Oh, okay. Like the way that he was writing to his sister. Yeah. So um, unfortunately, Victor ends up dying and oh wow. Yeah. Like I guess he tells he tells his story. Monster doesn't get him. Monster doesn't get him. Huh. So he ends up the cold like his symptoms and all that. Eventually yeah. he just dies. So they leave the body in one of the rooms on the ship and then when Walton goes Walton or when Robert Walton goes back into the room uh he sees the monsters weeping over Victor. Huh. So the monster was kind of like keeping an eye. Got on the anyway. ship? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. How do you not see a seven foot tall monster? He must have been like, sneaking. He must be a sneaky, sneaky monster. Up in there, yeah. Um, the monster tells Robert about his immense solitude, his suffering, his hatred, yeah. and his remorse. And he says that now that his creator has died, he can also end his suffering. And it ends with the monster then departing on the north northernmost ice to go die huh basically to like go commit suicide just chill out no yeah if he can like they never say he can die right yeah so and you kind you're kind of left to like did does he do it did he just say that so that robert wasn't robert (laughs) wasn't gonna go follow him yeah right like he said he left but he's still like on the ship like Like he's like (laughs) i'm gonna go die now and then meanwhile just like is hanging out, out. Eating their snacks. <laughs> eating the Cheez-Its. Yeah. That's what I would do. And that's the end? That's it. Wow. So that's nothing like That's nothing what culture. you would... Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I'm think, I think of Frankenstein, I think like the pitchforks and the fire mm-hmm. and them trying to get them, like the townspeople. And, you picture the electricity, like the lightning yeah, strike yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. it's alive. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's, that's not Hollywood. in it. It's all Hollywood. Wow. And it's crazy that like you hear Frankenstein and that's what you picture. And that's not the yeah. story at all. How long or when did Mary Shelley die? Did like she get, I mean, she wouldn't have seen the movies and stuff, but she would have. No, she died in 1851. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she didn't really even know about. Like at least if she made it to like the 1900, she right. could see like a movie. <laughs> Maybe not Frankenstein. <laughs> she has but... no idea what movies are. So like did her estate like sell it? I... <laughs> like, how did it get so weird? I don't no. It's got a like there's definitely some like 1940s like coke party in Hollywood. <laughs> they just like where they like found this book and we're like, "Hey, yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> what if Let's he, do this." What if he fucking gets struck by lightning and <laughs> he's got a flathead? <laughs> it was probably some man. 
Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Hollywood. Um. So yeah. But yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this story. It was not what I was expecting at yeah, all. You were telling me it's nothing like how you would expect. So yeah, and it was one of those things too. Like I feel like exploring, um, just like the themes behind it and the conflicts. Yeah, were so interesting to me. Yeah, just like the theme of monstrosity is like, especially the way it's explored in the story is so interesting. Um. Because, like, he's basically rejected from society, but, like, he didn't do anything wrong at first. Yeah. It's just from the way he looks. Yeah, he didn't ask to get made. <laughs> right. So, like, who, who's the true monster in this? Is it the monster, yeah. monster or is it Victor Frankenstein? Yeah, I mean, he kind of, like, ditches his creation immediately, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of... Literally immediately. Yeah. So, like, this poor... Didn't have a chance. Yeah, this poor monster just, like, chance. doesn't ever know love. Yeah. Does it like remember stuff from like its past lives or whatever? Because if it's like all body parts and stuff, do they? That's get... a good question. I don't think so. Oh, so it's like a new soul. Yeah, or it's whatever. like a new soul. Yeah, well, um, I don't know. And then like, just it's, it explores a lot of like how like knowledge can be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. Victor Frankenstein has this really great passage. Yeah, where he talks about how. He was just so into this passion of like finding out the secret of life and creating and like creating life that he didn't sleep or eat like yeah. all the simple pleasures in life were gone because he was just completely devoted to this passion and like continuously seeking the knowledge of how to do it. And like yeah. he kind of says that like you shouldn't forget about the simple pleasures of life. Like if your passion is taking away from the simple pleasures in life, like is it worth it? Yeah. And I think that was like interesting to acknowledge. Like, I think at the end of the day, like if something is like so draining to you, um, like even if you're so passionate about it, if it's like taking away from like your sleep, if it's yeah. taking away from you eating, like, is it really worth doing it? Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That seems kind of crazy. Like if as, I mean, some people just get in the flow, though, you know, and they just can't stop. Yeah. Doing what they're doing. But this was like years he was like oh, devoting yeah. his like knowing as much as he could yeah. and just like going off the rails. And like a lot of his professors were like thought his out his ideas were very outdated. Like he's they're like modern science like says that this isn't possible kind of thing. Like <laughs> you're wasting like, your time. Like guess what? He's Check like, out my zombie. But guy. then he never even tells anybody either. Yeah. Like he just makes it and he never. How could you not? Because he's so ashamed by it. So then, like, is that wrong, too, that you devote all this time to your passion and then, like, you make a mistake and you don't even tell anybody? Yeah. Like, ashamed of your son. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, that's what it (laughs) is. That's crazy. That sucks. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Do you think, what do you think Frankenstein itself is a symbol of? Like, if it's a monster, you know? I guess it's just, it's kind of makes you think of like what is a true monster is it like your actions yeah is it what's on the outside or what's in inside oh it's definitely what's on the inside yeah (laughs) right like (laughs) i mean but at the same time the monster does kill all these innocent people oh yeah that sucks but that's on the inside that made him do on the outside right (laughs) so yeah and it's because he's like lonely and trying to get revenge on the creator yeah so like it would none of, he would have never done that if he had known it's all like obsessions and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah. 
We could table that one. Yeah, true. Obsession. <laughs> Which makes me think of Mariah Carey. Makes me think of that chocolate. Isn't there like obsession chocolate or something? <laughs> I don't know, but now I really want to sing Mariah Carey's Why are you so obsessed with me? I also have a microphone in my face, so I feel like a pop star. <laughs> this is when we get sued. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got like it. I got to calm down. Yeah. So that's my story. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Jeff's movie. <laughs> All right, guys, and we're back. <laughs> we sound like we're high, but we're not. <laughs> Crater pause. Yeah, we took, a, we, we took a minute to get all our burps and whatever's out. <laughs> we had tacos for dinner. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> so anyway, we're back. <laughs> and uh, um, So now we're going to cut into my movie review. I'm so excited. I'm excited, too, because I... Th- so this was on our Hulu list, by the way. I watched this on Hulu. The movie is called Good Boy, and it's within a series called The Blumhouse series huh so yeah it's kind of like grown up are you afraid of the dark if you remember that show yeah so it's like a lot of ghost stories and like tales and stuff but they're movies they're like an hour and a half long movies so it's like a series but they're movies like yeah like like a tv show yeah 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 so but they connect somehow and i'll get into that because i didn't realize a part in the movie and I was like, what the hell does this mean? And then I had to look it up. But Mm. anywho, the one I covered was called good boy. Um, it's about a dog. That's a special like, um, service dog, you know, like, uh, I'm blanking. It's like an anxiety dog. A guide dog. Yeah. (laughs) It's an emotional emotional support dog. Jinx. Jinx. Uh, Ah! Double jinx. We're uh, so good at this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I need an emotional support dog. I Me too. Think straight. We have an emotional support cat. Which, by Sometimes. the way, if you listen to the episodes and you hear a little bell ringing, yeah, that's, that's her. her. Whenever one of us is talking, the other one who isn't talking has like a stick and is trying to like shoo her away from eating. <laughs> like, please this. no. Yeah. So it's an emotional support <laughs> dog. Um, <laughs> someone's got the giggles. <laughs> I don't know what I said, but <laughs> okay, okay. You, you good? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one episode I'm drinking tea too. Yeah. Usually it's wine. Whew, okay, we're good. You good? Yes. You're gonna wrap it up. I'll mute your microphone. <laughs> Please do. Okay, go go for it. I'm good. Okay, now. we're jumping in. We're getting there. So. Uh, this movie stars Judy Greer, who's phenomenal in everything. She's Love very her. funny. And um, I'll get into this a little bit, but I feel like there's a meta joke in here with Judy Greer. Um, so let's dive into it. It also stars Ellen Wong, who is in Scott Pilgrim. And uh, she was also in Glow that just got canceled, which sucks because no. we love that show. Steve Gutenberg, randomly. They dusted him off out of the 90s and 80s to come back and do something. And starring Chico the dog. Chico. What kind of dog is Chico? He's something. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out just by looking at him, and I probably should have looked it up, but I didn't. Is he a mix? Maybe. I don't know. C- what color is he? Black and white. These are important <laughs> questions. <laughs> okay. So, on to my outline. Um, so, the main character, Maggie, played by Judy Greer, is a 39-year-old reporter, and uh, the movie starts with her on a bad date. And uh, so, 
you get the gist through context clues and whatnot that she's getting older and she wants to have kids and she's got a lot of dead end dates going on and like nobody really seems like it's going the distance. And uh, oh, so real quick sidebar. So our two stories today relate back to other stories that we did before. So I'll start with yours. So Shelly from The Crow is named Shelly because of Mary Shelley. So, oh, and in this, uh, the main character, Maggie, lives in Reseda, which is where Karate Kid takes place. And there's a joke at the beginning of the movie where the guy's like, oh, you're from L.A. And she's like, yeah, I'm from L.A. I'm in Reseda. And he's like, that's not L.A. And she's like, yeah, that's where the Karate Kid happens. (laughs) (laughs) What are the chances that? Right. I was like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's pointing at the TV. like, (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny that it somehow relates both. I mean, this is only episode four and we somehow already made it relate. Everything connects. We're so good. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yes. So the date, you know, doesn't work out. The next day, Maggie's doing some meditation and her landlord, like, but, you know, like is knocking on her door. She's like a mean, like foreign landlord lady, like the stereotypical whenever you see like a landlord. They're just like, like a bitch ass landlord. Just raising the rent. Yeah. She's like, oh, I don't have money for the rent, you know, and they're all right. Well, you're got to pay for a new parking spot and yada, yada. So Maggie's like keeps looking at her phone a lot. And there's a phone number that she goes on that says uh, the name is. Are you sure? Question mark. So it's like hmm. I thought it was an ex, but it turns out um, it's a fertility clinic. So she's going to the fertility uh, clinic to like try and freeze her eggs, you know, because she's, I guess, getting older and she's not going to have a kid. And um, so the clinic's like, oh, you know, we got to do all these procedures. We're not going to know for sure for like a couple of days, like hang loose. So she goes back to her job and um, it turns out her job, she's a reporter, like I said, is going digital. So they're like laying off everybody. Aww. Everybody has to work from home. And everybody in the movie's like, oh, no, we have to work from home. But I'm like, meanwhile, I'm like, you guys don't even fucking know how hard you're going to work. From it's home. a blessing. Yeah. So um, so she's like super worried that she's not going to have insurance to do her fertility treatment oh. and whatever. So, um, you know. She like she gets a call from the fertility clinic like right then and there, too. And they're like, congratulations, you are good. We could freeze your eggs. So, you know, she's having a hard time because she's in a lot of tough spots with her job and with, you know, like dating life and stuff. And so she's trying to talk to her boss about what to do. And he casually mentions you could either like start smoking weed or get an emotional support dog. And she's like, you think that would work? And he's like, oh, fucking, I don't know. Try it. <laughs> and <laughs> Why um, not both? And so the thing I was saying before about the meta joke is that um, Judy Greer, every time I see her in a movie, I'm like, you know, when you see somebody in a movie and you're like, oh, it's so-and-so from this other movie. And like with Judy Greer, every time I see her, I'm like, oh, it's Judy Greer. She was this person's mom in this movie. So yeah, she was you the did mom. Say that. She's the mom in like Jurassic World. She's a mom in... Uh, Halloween, the new Halloween. She's a mom mm-hmm. and Ant Man. She's a mom and I'm sorry. So I don't know if like her not being able to be a mom was like a subtle thing within a thing that like I don't know. You just always see her and you're like, oh, she's so and so's mom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. So she goes to the vet, uh, the pound and um, she you know she obviously finds the dog. It's like this little dog and the guy at the pound is like you know oh we found her like him next to his owner's dead body or something so he took him in it was in a way that like wasn't weird you know yeah so she's like oh for sure i'll take this dog he's like licking all over my face and the guy at the pound's like oh he never does that he must really like you and so she takes him home and uh you know there's like a cute montage of them like 
hanging out and whatever. And she ends up naming the dog Reuben because she like <laughs> makes a Reuben sandwich for herself. Reuben stuttered. No, <laughs> like the sandwich. Oh, so she makes I wish a, it was Reuben stuttered. That would be pretty sweet. <laughs> he needs to do more. I haven't seen him. He needs to make a comeback. So anyway, so she puts the like a Reuben on the table and turns around to get the dog food. And when she turns back around, he's like ate the whole sandwich and he's got like Aww. half of like the meat hanging out of her mouth. And she's like, drop it. And, you know, he eats it or whatever. Yeah. So, so right off the bat, they show you that this dog can eat stuff like really, really fast, which will Damn. come into play. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, like I said, there's like a cute montage of them getting along better, you know, doing like dog obsessed dog stuff. Owners. Yeah, you know, like in the stroll. Not literally, but, you know, that kind of stuff. I gotcha. Um, so she gets a job at like um, a coffee and cupcake shop (laughs) oh so she did get laid off yeah well she's still writing like freelance but you don't make a lot of money you know it's per article it's not like a steady salary so she gets a second job and uh her old um the girl that she used to babysit when she was younger comes by her name's annie she's played by ellen wong who's from like i said scott pilgrim and so she's like an influencer and she's in the line and she's like talking to her about how, you know, she's got her influencing career and she's married and stuff. And she's so much younger than Maggie still kind of and Maggie's, you know, kind of jealous. And there's a dude there. Who like knocks over a bunch of coffee and obviously that's going to end up being the love interest, you know, like a fumbly guy in the coffee shop. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's always a coffee shop. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, Maggie comes home from her first day of work and like. Um, Ruben's like under the couch like she's looking for him and like the lights are out and he's under the couch and like it's really like kind of they make it scary because like it's just a dark shadow of a dog under the couch oh and just God. like the music's ominous and she's like reaching to get him and stuff and um, she gets a rope toy to like try and coax him out and the dog like takes the rope and like rips it out of her hand like way too hard kind of is he a big dog no he's like a teeny tiny little like a terrier Oh, wow. So so she's like tug of warring with the dog and it like rips it out of her hand. She's like, all right, well, whatever. And then she looks at the door and there's like huge paw prints at the door to like claw to come out. It's like a metal door. So there's these deep claw marks. Oh, my God. Like he was trying to get out and like yeah. he just tore up this door. Um. So anyway, she's like, whatever. My day sucks. Let me have, you know, let me go on a last minute date because she's on like, you know, all these dating apps and stuff with these dead end <laughs> dates. So like she gets hit up late at night to go on dates so it's just normal for her i guess so she goes on a date with this dude who's um been the soldier from always sunny which is oh funny because judy greer was in always sunny also in the, was she really yeah she was uh, the character fatty magoo of course in, like, the it's early some season. crazy ass name <laughs> but anyway so it's two people already from always sunny um so she's on a date with him and they're like making out on the couch and stuff and she was like before that she's you know, I can't leave my dog at home. Can I bring my dog? He's like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. So they're making out on the couch and the dog's trying to get on the couch. And this dude like shoves the dog off hard. It's like, you don't do get the fuck off my couch kind of thing or whatever. She's like, why are you mean to my dog? And so she's like, I got to go. So she's like, let me go to the bathroom and get my stuff and we'll get out. So she's in the bathroom and she sees like all these like, gross ass like used condoms in the toilet and stuff. Ugh. And she or the the trash. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, yeah, this isn't I'm not going to do this guy's a fucking creep. So the guy goes outside to get a, you know, fresh air and the dog follows him. So when she comes out of the bathroom, she's like, oh, you left the door open, you idiot. Like my dog's going to get out. And while like she's in the bathroom, 
the dog eats this dude, <laughs> just like kills him and uh, leaves How his dead body. Do, so do you see it? Not always. So this one you don't really see. So um, <laughs> and it's it's more funny than anything. Like, I hate to like, I don't want to sound like a maniac, but when they show the dog like <laughs> killing people, it's just fun, like silly. So the dog, you know, kills the guy and there's like a driver who like runs over, you know, anyway. So a uh, driver on the road comes out and she's like, oh, my God, I didn't see it was an accident, blah, blah, blah. So Maggie wrote an article about it and posts it, you know, like a death and whatever. And uh, it ends up going viral. So she gets, you know, um, her boss is like, oh, you know, you're going to get paid a lot. And, you know, good job. Keep the hits coming. And so she's happy about that. But the landlord catches her with the dog, like walking around. Was she not allowed to have dogs? Yeah. The landlord's like, oh, you can't have a dog. You got to pay me more. You're going to be evicted. You know, like, rude. Yeah. But it's an emotional support animal. That shouldn't count. But she was trying to say that, but like, she's yeah. like, no, she's got to get the paperwork. It's like, uh, like no, money or nothing. So she tries to put Ruben in the crate so that at least he's not barking for the day when she's at work. Yeah. You know? And, uh, obviously Ruben breaks his way out of the crate and like, he's a smart dog, makes his way to the landlord's room and he kills her while she's trying <laughs> to take a shower. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. It's just silly. So Maggie's starting to flirt with the guy at the coffee shop while this is all going on. And uh, his name's Nate, by the way. And he gives her the number, you know, on like the back of the receipt and stuff. And like, classic. If you watch, yeah, but he doesn't tip her. I was looking at the receipt and it's Ew. like, turn the receipt over. And then it's like his number. And it's like, Nate. <laughs> That's pretty rude. Yeah, right. Like, whatever. So she comes home eventually and finds that Ruben broke out of the crate. And then she finds him um, in the apartment. With like blood all over his mouth. Oh my god! And he's like a little white dog, so it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, what did you get into like raspberries or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not raspberries. Um, so while this is going on, the um, the vet's calling, and they're like, oh, Ruben's blood works like really strange. You got to bring him back in. Like there was something wrong with what was going on. So she's like, oh, that's weird. So she goes to the landlord to pay the extra fees, you know, because she had the the hit article, you know, she's got the right. money, and finds the door open, you know, and she's trying to go in and. Finds the landlord dead in the tub. Ooh. You know, like all bloody and stuff. And um, so Maggie's trying to call the police, you know, to like report, you know, a dead body, whatever. And uh, she notices Ruben pooping and he like poops out one of her fingers, like, uh, <laughs> but it's like clearly the landlord's because she wears like tacky jewelry. So you can tell like the does. ring has like a whatever on it. And Judy Greer is like, how did you do this? You're only 10 pounds. <laughs> it's like a really funny line in the movie. She's great in the movie. Everything she says is funny. I love her. Oh, she's really good. So Maggie cleans up the scene, you know, and takes the poop and brushes Ruben's teeth with like a toothbrush. <laughs> it's like really funny. She's like holding this little dog with one hand and like brushing his teeth, you know. At the <laughs> oh, my God. So she takes the landlord's body and brings her out to the roadside and buries her in a ditch. So Maggie gets a larger, more legit crate the next morning that locks Ruben in with like a chain and padlock. And it's like a tiny jail cell. <laughs> so it's like this big fortified crate. And um, she gets a call from Annie to, you know, just go over some stuff. And uh, this was the only thing that I didn't like about the movie is that and I guess it's from the Blumhouse kind of imprint or whatever. The episodes that there's like a witch sub character or huh. whatever. So she gets up and there's like a jump scare of like a witch in the mirror. And I thought it was going to come back. Like maybe the dog was Does controlled she see the by witch? a witch. No, oh. it's just there. Oh, and it was like okay. confusing. And I was waiting the whole movie for it to come back. And maybe if I already knew about the thing. I, right. I, yeah. yeah. It was just so confusing. And it took me out of a lot of the scary scenes because I was waiting for the witch to mm. be something. So 
Yeah. Watch out for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the new property manager comes by and it's the niece of the lady who just died. So it's a new person in the scene. And uh, Nate from the coffee shop turns out to be the cop (laughs) investigating (laughs) the landlord. Oh, my God. So now everybody's here all at once. There's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everybody's at her apartment complex. Um, but Nate, you know, gets her to go out on a date. Uh, it, you know, Nate already has kids. So Maggie's like, Oh, Aww. great. You know, and he's got kids. And, uh, so she eventually goes on some fertility drugs at the clinic and the doctor's like, Oh, this will affect your mood and psychological well being. So now she's got that to deal with. Like maybe she's going nuts behind the scenes a little bit because of this medicine. And, um, you know, Maggie gets a super low paycheck uh, after she wrote that viral article about the first guy dying, you know. So she goes to the editor of her newspaper to confront him. And he still works in the office. The office is empty, but I guess he's still there. And uh, so she brings Ruben and she's confronting him, you know, why is my paycheck so low? And she ends up getting fired. Oh, so, yeah, I know. Well, so bye, she's bud. Yeah, exactly. So she's got all her boxes and she's getting in the car. And the second she's about to close the door, Ruben like jumps out <laughs> and runs up all the stairs into the building. And she's watching like the big window that her boss's office is from, from the outside. And you just see Ruben like lunge at the dude's neck. And, like, blood <laughs> oh, no. It's just like, it's so silly. It's like comedy blood kind of at this point. <laughs> kind of comedy blood. It, like it wasn't scary, I guess. Like, I don't know. But so she runs back into the building to, you know, go get Ruben. And she's like, good boy. <laughs> He's like covered and in blood. roll credits. Yeah, roll credits. <laughs> Um, so obviously she takes him back home and she's giving him a bath and it's like this happy, sweet montage of the two of them like splish splashing around. <laughs> um, so Maggie gets his job <laughs> naturally. And, yeah. Um, you know, she's getting closer to Nate. They're like making out and stuff, you know, but uh, another detective comes by Maggie's new job in office and asks questions about, you know, her old boss that Ruben killed. And um, it's a tense scene where he's like an idiot cop, but he's putting it together kind of. and there's a trophy there with blood on it. And so he's like suspicious. I couldn't tell. As he, the youth would say, sus, I yeah, believe. Exactly. He was a little sus. A little sus. So um, she was able to like shoo him away. I don't think he got anything at that point. Um, so eventually Nate gives Maggie a puppy cam because she can't, you know, be without the dog. And she's like worried about not being around him. So she's, she's a little like, obsessed. Yeah, exactly. And so she's at Nate's place and um it's her first night there kind of like spending away from the dog so she's checking the puppy cam and it's you know a little after midnight and the dog's still in the crate sleeping and being all sweet but uh she can't stop thinking about the dog by himself so she's not sleeping she's just staring at the ceiling kind of thing and uh the ceiling starts to make thumping noises which might be like her medication messing with her head and you know nate's like oh there's nothing wrong with ceiling blah 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 check the dog it'll make you feel better so she looks at the dog and it's not in the crate anymore. Like the crate's open. <laughs> and uh, this is probably the best scene in the movie for me. It's like night vision looking at this crate and, the, you know, there's nothing going on. And then the dog's face like slowly rises from the, <laughs> the bottom of the screen and just stares at the screen. So and he like knows the camera's there. Yeah, he's just like, it's just so <laughs> silly. It's so stupid, but it's so funny looking. He's just staring at the stupid screen. Um. But yeah, so she comes home the next day and uh, the police are arresting the new landlord, Uh-oh. you know, like in the cuffs and whatnot. So they think it was her that killed her aunt, I guess. And um, 
Maggie's like, oh, that's great. Like, I'm off the hook. So she goes back into her apartment and naturally Ruben destroyed like all of her furniture. Like all of stuff is like just fucked up. And um, so the next thing she does is go to get her procedure done at the clinic, you know, and she's putting on all these drugs and it um, I guess the drugs are like mixing and like making her hallucinate and get wacky because she's like in a nightmare thing where the doctor's accusing her of all this stuff and she can't do anything but like bark back. So she's like, arf, 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 arf. <laughs> and it's like, I can picture Judy Greer barking so well. It's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay. Um, so she comes to later and uh, Annie comes by to, you know, help her out and, you know, hang out and stuff. And uh, Nate calls and tells her, you know, the boss from her paper was murdered and that they have fingerprints. And he's, yeah, he's like implying that like he knows that she did it kind of thing. And so Maggie's trying to like hang up the phone and Annie doesn't want her to hang up the phone. So they're listening. And Maggie or Annie is like, oh, that's a good thing. You know, like they'll find the killer. (laughs) Like, Don't worry about it. Not knowing. That it's her dog. Yeah. So she's freaking out Maggie and. You know, Ruben takes matters into his own hands, like pulls her by the leg, pulls Annie by the leg and like knocks her out on the sink and then like drags her under the bed and like eats her to death. (laughs) But as he's dragging her, there's a shadow on the wall and you see like the dog mutate and like this big dog. Like, oh, my God, spooky dog. So that's the first time you get anything that's like supernatural. Gotcha. So it's a lot bigger dog than we thought. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's a big boy. He's a special dog. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So Maggie brings the body of Annie to where she buried the landlord and she's burying the, the landlord and she's got Reuben and she's like crying. She's like, I gotta leave you here, Reuben. <laughs> like, so she leaves Reuben there and she drives off and the dog just like lays down and is like, well, poor puppy. He's a murderer. But like, you <laughs> he know, might, he might be an alien, too. Uh, oh, like well, a stitch situation here. That's how I got it. They didn't actually. I mean, spoiler. They didn't actually say what like his deal was. <laughs> huh. So. Um, she's going home and like Nate's trying to find her too. And like, he knows what's up. So he's trying to like break into her puppy cam and he's going through like all these cheesy passwords. And he finally <laughs> gets through with who rescued, who is the password. <laughs> that That's was, perfect. Like, I, know. I, I thought, thought it, it would have so- been password one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so stupid. So her, her and Nate get back to the apartment and she's like covered in blood and she looks like shit. And he's like confronting her about murders. And he's like, look at you. <laughs> she goes, what? I just cut my finger while I was cooking or whatever. She's like covered <laughs> head to toe in blood. I can't even do it justice because she's just so funny. Um, so she's trying to, uh, Nate is trying to arrest Maggie and like Ruben busts through the front door with like his head. And it's like, now you could see him and he's like this mutant, like giant dog. Like he's not like, he's not like grotesque or whatever. Is he's he just still like, like a, a dog, but big. Yeah. He looks more like a pit bull kind of, but it's like clearly a fake dog. It's like silly, like whatever. Yeah. So he busts his head through the door and Nate's trying to shoot at him and stuff. And so, um, Ruben jumps through the window instead on the other side of the apartment and like kills Nate and he like bites him in the neck. Oh my God. But Maggie's like totally cool with it. She's like, Nate, you could never be the man for me. Like you'd never come to my help when I needed you, but Ruben will. <laughs> I mean, oh so, my God. So Maggie goes like totally crazy. And the movie ends with her like cuddling with Ruben and like, they're both bloody and stuff. And like the rest of the police come in to save her and uh, not save her, arrest her. <laughs> I was like, wait, are they trying to save her? <laughs> no, no, not arrest her. After so, all those murders. <laughs> so I guess she gets arrested. And then the last scene of the movie is Ruben back at the pound and like the same cage. And like a new guy comes to like, adopt a dog and like the pound owner is like oh he must like you he doesn't do that for anybody 
Who rescued who? Exactly. The end of the movie. (laughs) So I thought the humor in this movie was super hilarious. And uh, I think we'll talk about that a little bit in the analysis. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and do the analysis and finish up. That sound good to you? Sounds good. See you in a sec. All right, and we're back, and uh, we're going to take some time to relate the two stories that we talked about. We got very different monsters, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I feel like yours definitely had more of a comedy feel to it. I feel like in both stories, though, like, both main characters were kind of monsters a little bit. Like, Ruben, obviously, I feel like he's like Frankenstein, where he kills some people, but, like, he had good intentions, I guess. He just wanted to be loved. The dog, Yeah. yeah. And Maggie um, kind of turned into the monster. I was going to say, I felt like um, Maggie and Frankenstein were similar. That's what I and mean. And that yeah. they like, oh, yeah. Are there like the enablers yeah. of the like actual monsters? So, like, yeah. are they the real monsters because they, they're like, they know it's wrong. Yeah. But they still do it. Plus, I think too, I think Reuben and the monster and Frankenstein kind of take the place of a child for their people and where maggie kind of like accepts it at the end frankenstein does not (laughs) right i mean it could definitely be like a commentary on like parenting even in a sense i thought where like you know if you're a bad parent i mean like in these in this situation i feel like they're both kind of bad parents because they're either enabling or they're they distance themselves from their child too because i think in my story reuben is kind of you know providing protection and like that unconditional love of like a dog yeah you know and i think by the end she kind of goes crazy on it like <laughs> yeah she's like takes it too far you know and <laughs> she feels like protected by yeah him, yeah that she, like, she like feels like she can do whatever she want be- yeah. wants because she has him yeah exactly <laughs> oh that's crazy i mean it's interesting like what makes a monster you know i think we create monsters kind of out of our own wants and needs even if they seem harmless and innocent you know like trying to take care of a puppy or wanting to have children you know sometimes our desires you know turn into obsessions (laughs) yeah i think that kind of goes back to what i was saying with um frankenstein's whole passage about like passion like yeah you could like take things too far and like that's when you kind of create a monster is like you like inspire bad behavior you know and other people too yeah like (laughs) like kind of similar to what we talked about in new beginnings about um how like you can take like wrong paths yeah like i think sometimes like you can get so set on something and like you go down this path and that's like what creates like a monster and then it comes like out of your control yeah, it's like all down to your decisions you know like what brought you <laughs> like the the order of operations kind of thing <laughs> which is like tonight must be, must be a music night because i'm like how did i get here yeah how, well, is this my beautiful wife <laughs> um but yeah so i think there's two ways to kind of deal with that kind of mentality you know with the monster you could either try to rehabilitate the monster or you kind of become an enabler like you said like obviously maggie's like hiding bodies for this dog <laughs> and like <laughs> you know and it's you kind of good luck the enabler kind of the enabler kind of like doesn't work <laughs> not always <laughs> wait what do you mean by that with kind of like rehabilitating a monster you know it's, oh, it doesn't yeah. it's not 
a long-term strategy, really. No, absolutely yeah. not. It's definitely yeah, not going to keep things going. But the only other thing you could do is accept horrible behavior, but then you end up becoming like an accomplice, like a monster yourself, you know? Yeah. Can you like ignore? That's the only other thing. I mean, you could try to leave it behind you, but there's no guarantee that works. I mean, and Maggie I like, tried and failed and yeah. Frankenstein tried and failed. You know? Like Frankenstein tried to run from it and it like kept you know, he yeah. thought it was gone and it just kept like going back in his life and creating yeah. all these like misfortunes. Yeah. I mean, the only people who tried to confront the monster ended up dying in my story. <laughs> like, yeah, like Nate, you know, well, Nate's the only one who tried head on, but no. Didn't end well for Nate. No. He shot at the dog. <laughs> so, yeah, it was self-defense. The dog liked him at first. It's true. Yeah. So obviously these are like fictional monsters. Are, yeah. are there like monsters in real life? Yeah, but like I think they depict monsters like hideous, you know, supernatural things. And I think monsters in real life are <laughs> people. Exactly. Or like a genetic. I mean, I don't think there's <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's necessarily like supernatural monsters. I mean, yeah. we could get into a ghost thing, but, you know, that's different than a monster. I think ghosts are different than monsters. Yeah. I, think um, so too. I mean, I think humans can be monsters. Yeah. And I mean, humans created these stories maybe to kind of disassociate a little bit with bad things that they do themselves, you know? Yeah. Try to like distance. Yeah. Like from... you have to put a face to that because like it's hard to say like, well, I wouldn't do that. But Frankenstein's monster would do that. Yeah. It's like know. easier to pin it on something supernatural. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a you dog. get into murder <laughs> and all this stuff and you're like, well, I don't want to believe that somebody that's like a human could do that. Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, I think zombies were so popular for forever because like mm. anybody could be a zombie, you know, it doesn't have to Very be. Very true. You and know. scary enough after this year, I can totally understand because <laughs> you always see that person that like hides a zombie bite and you're like, yeah, why would you hide it? And now I'm like, oh, I get it. Yeah, we know exactly who <laughs> all of those people are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Do you want to get into ratings then? Yeah, let's right. do it. So um, you read this story very fast. <laughs> I'm impressed. I did. I, I was telling Jeff I felt like I was back in college because yeah, yeah. I like kind of had a speed read through this. I. It just ended up by the time we like figured things out, I had like a day to read it. And I like literally I was like, oh, God, I was like, well, this is going to be one of those situations where I do it last minute and still get an A plus. Yeah, so I feel good. I feel good about myself. (laughs) Yeah, you're a fast reader, too. I wish I was that fast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed reader. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So what would you give Frankenstein? A.K.A. Um, Was it Prometheus? Something? The modern. Oh, okay. So our rating system, we go from trash yes. to nice to very nice to super nice. Yeah. I think I'm actually going to go super nice. Really? I really love. I think that's your first super nice. Huh? It is. Oh, wow. I really loved like the writing style in this. Yeah. Um, I loved all this like symbolism and themes and the characters were very interesting and very well thought out yeah and i can understand why this book even though it's 200 years old is still relevant yeah exactly no very cool yeah how about you so i'm gonna start by saying i really like this and (laughs) it was stupid and silly (laughs) 
<laughs> so I would say for my own personal rating system, I'm just going to give this a nice, but it was funny. And I think it was, you know, good popcorn, but I don't think it's like a destination movie to set your Friday night around. I think if you're killing some time or you're folding clothes and you want something on TV, it's a fun movie. Um, if you're in a horror, it's not, you know, like a horror movie, like I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so it was more Judy of like Greer a, in a yeah. horror movie. Yeah, no, but she was great. She was really funny. Um, she was the best part of the movie. Besides the dog, She's the dog was funny. so good. But it was, you know, that's not to say it was like a bad movie. I thought it was all right. It, just, I feel like it was I like a long love- TV episode of something. I feel like I would love it. Yeah, you would. But like I'm saying, it's not, you know. I mean, dog, you had me at dog yeah. protects human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And plays revenge on people that do her wrong. That sounds like yeah. my kind of, <laughs> maybe I'm a monster. But she goes to jail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it doesn't end well. Yeah, no. All right. Let's talk about some recommendations. Yeah. So uh, what would you say uh, for Frankenstein? Um, I mean, obviously there's the classic, like the other classic monster novels like yeah, Dracula. Yeah. Um, but also there's a movie, is it Net or Hulu, I think, Yeah. Um, called Mary Shelley. So the author of this, of Frankenstein, and it's like kind of a biopic about her life, but it looks really dramatic and interesting. I think we're actually <laughs> going to watch it like later. So yeah, I'm excited. I'd be down, especially after what you told me with um, her early life and stuff. I'd definitely love to see how she came up with Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah and I think it kind of goes into that a little bit. So yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it. I definitely recommend it now. And then next episode, I'll let you know if it holds up. Yeah, definitely. All right. And yeah, for me, um, I think if you're into like horror comedy, you know, you can't go wrong yeah. with like Shaun of the Dead as my recommendation. Oh, if you haven't seen one. that already, what are you waiting for? Seriously, it's, <laughs> it's such, such a, a like, funny good movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, like Zombieland. That's another thing along the same lines of like the horror whatever like a horror comedy yeah which yeah. i think is like definitely its own little niche yeah niche 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 <laughs> niche category niche. i mean i love that kind of yeah stuff. and if you wanted something more like horror with the dog go see cujo from <laughs> <Stephen> <laughs> or read cujo <laughs> yeah. and the movie might be dated it's in like the 70s <laughs> they don't have cell phones but yeah yeah so how would you rate um monsters themselves <laughs> as like the theme yeah enjoyed this one i mean obviously you know i loved frankenstein yeah um so trash nice very hey. nice super nice i'm gonna go very nice i think mo- like <laughs> it's very interesting yeah because i and like our conversation where we're talking about um how monsters in real life like maybe we make up fictional monsters yeah. to like kind of cover up that stuff and yeah. i think that's like a whole layered conversation so yeah I'm like gonna go, oh sorry oh i was just gonna say yeah. i'm just gonna go very nice because i think it makes you kind of think about yourself and are you a monster to somebody yeah right I mean, like yeah you never you never know unless they're like yeah <laughs> confront you but uh yeah i would say kind of the same thing like monsters who are real people that's trash <laughs> but <laughs> obviously but, but like the crime shows and other crime podcasts are fun to watch <laughs> yeah no that's true as terrible as that yeah. sounds you know oh man without monsters i uh, wouldn't have all my favorite podcasts and yeah. all my like trash tv shows yeah. that i love oh my god all the like id discovery yeah. like episodes but um monsters for movies i love those i would go super nice yeah. for that like i love 
you know, vampires and werewolves and all that stuff. So, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite kind of movie monster if you had to pick? I don't know. I think zombies. Yeah. Because I feel like that's like the most realistic. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's very <laughs> scarily <true. laughs> I enough. Like, yeah. I, I get down with like werewolves. Those are cool for me. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I do love a good dog. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, I almost forgot the masterpiece scene and MVPs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. So do you want to start? Sure. Um. So my masterpiece scene, I think, is when he creates the monster. Yeah. And he just immediately dips out. It's just like <laughs> the instant regret. And I think that's like, yeah, I think anybody. Me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anybody can relate to that where yeah. it's like the second you do something and you're like, Shit, yep. that was the wrong thing yep. to do. Like, I just messed up <laughs> Late so night bad. McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> what about you? Oh, and my MVP is, um, I'm going to say Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, if I, uh, I think the monster for me, just from your story, like, I think yeah. he was, I don't know, it seems pretty cool. Like, that's why I would go in and read it just to see the yeah. monster. No, he's, he's pretty complex, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but Victor Frankenstein, I feel like, you know, all of his choices are yeah. like, what makes the story flow along and it's like yeah. in fact like infects affects so many <laughs> other characters in the story like just the consequences of all of his actions yeah yeah what about you what's your masterpiece scene an mvp masterpiece scene let me think so i told you before i really like the baby monitor scene where like the dogs in the yes, yes. the black light or the night vision but i think the best scene of the movie for me is um when she first finds out like Ruben can kill people like the, the editor and mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, good boy. And she takes him home and she's giving him like a bath and stuff. So <laughs> like that was pretty funny. The complete funny. opposite of what a normal person would yeah, do. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty funny. And obviously Judy Greer is my MVP. If, uh, if she wasn't in this, I probably wouldn't watch it. Like yeah. I wa- she sold the movie for me for sure. Honestly, I, she's like, I just think she's hilarious. <laughs> she's like life's MVP. Yeah, yeah. And the dog was really good too. I gotta see, you know, if that dog isn't anything uh, else. <laughs> yeah, I like, I mean, He's I love funny. dog actors. He's funny. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so that's our show for today. Hopefully you guys had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, so next week, I think we're doing... Leadership. Yes, just in time for Election Day. We're going to cover uh, some fun leaders that we like, leaders from fiction. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait to share... My yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Leader story. Yeah. So uh, again, thank you for listening. If you guys want to find us on the interwebs, we're at Parallel Fiction on Instagram, at Parallel Fiction on Twitter. Um, you can find us at, like I said in the beginning, Apple Music, Spotify. We're also on Simplecast at parallelfiction.simplecast.com. If you want to send us any suggestions the old-fashioned way, you could reach us at parallelfictionpod at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook at Parallel Fiction Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you remember all this. Yeah, it took a long time. It was just like a social media day. I just sat there and did them all. This is all you, man. I don't know any of this nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Soon you will. (laughs) Um, If you listen to Spot. Uh, if you listen to us on Spotify, there's show notes that I took a long time to write. So <laughs> there's a little bit of extra content there for you if you want to check it out there. They're really yeah. good. You should definitely go check it out. Yeah. And uh, as we showed the other day on the Instagram, thank you to whoever listened to us in Pittsburgh. We don't know anybody from Pittsburgh, but yeah, there you go. I appre- we appreciate it. All right. Have a good week. Take care of each other and we'll see you next time. Have a good week. Have a good week.